Hello and welcome to Soberholic Podcast. This show is designed to address topics that will encourage, equip, and inspire you to explore life's most difficult topics and overcome your biggest challenges. Today, your hosts, Roger and Jason, will share from their own experience how you can find hope and healing in recovery. Welcome to Soberholic, where recovery is for every person, every minute, every day. I'm with Jason, and we're going to be talking about something interesting today, Jason. Do you know what we're going to talk about? I do. Uh, Let me set this up for everybody before we dive off into it. All right. So a lot of people know um, from some of our podcasts that I've I've been struggling with food, and I've tried to just kind of, I don't really want to call it a diet because it's not what it's been, but it's been trying to eat a little healthier, and I've been losing a pound or two a week, and for all the ladies who hear that, they can go ahead and give me that ugly face, but guys lose weight easier than the women, I agree, but so I've also built into that kind of Sundays is the cheat day if you will you know what i mean yeah and so i i said okay that's what i'll always do so yesterday happened to be sunday and it was the cheat day for me well i've been doing really good so i probably need to back up so i've done really good with it but then yesterday um my my kids they wanted to go out to golden corral oh no and so i my second thing I struggle with is greed. I've talked about that, too. So I've got to get my money's worth, not only for me, but for the whole family. And, and I did that. I accomplished <laughs> every bit of that. Well, I came home miserable. Uh, but the story didn't end there. Oh, goodness. It, it gets much, much worse. So about 2 o'clock in the morning, I woke up <laughs> with a tremendous pain. <laughs> And I was like, oh, this is bad. And so, you know, I didn't want to wake up, so I rolled over and I went back to sleep. But at 3.45, I woke up and I felt like the wrath of God (laughs) um, was going on inside of my stomach. You had to pay for it. Oh, it was bad. I was going (laughs) to pay for it. And I paid for it for about twice as long in the restroom as I did at the buffet line. It was absolutely (laughs) it was horrible it was absolutely horrible and so you know i'm sitting there i mean literally man as i'm sitting there there are beads of sweat breaking out on my forehead and i'm almost doubled up into this crying mode and i'm literally saying words like this to myself as my wife is in the bedroom is still asleep Lord, why are you doing this to me? Why is this happening? Please, God, make it quit. <laughs> it was it was horrible, right? You're in prayer mode. So, it was. I just wanted the pain to go away. So, anyways, as you can see, I'm here today, so I made it through. You it. made it. And but the question is, what we're going to be talking about today? Why does bad things happen to good people? Now, I don't know if I'm really a good person. Um, but what I know from last night experience that there was consequences to my actions. <laughs> that was the weirdest segue that I've ever heard. But it works. It works. It, it's real life, man. Yeah, That's what true. happens in real life. You know, if you want to stay on a diet, you better not go out and do what I did. No. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I mean, when if when I mean, I've always done that. Whenever I go to a buffet, in my mind, I'm always like, I'm getting my money's worth. So. Well, you take a seven-year-old to a buffet that costs $9. you got to eat for her, too. Oh, yeah. you got to eat for everybody. Yeah. So let's get right into it. Why do bad things happen to good people? So, I mean, where do you start? I think it starts by what is a good person. 
Well, let's start with even before that. What is a bad thing? A bad thing. Well, obviously, eating too much um, gluttony would be a bad that thing. That would be a bad thing. Yeah, I found out the hard way. Yeah. I mean, what's bad to somebody, though, might not be bad to somebody else. I would think I would say anything that causes you emotional, physical, spiritual, financial, or mental pain. Emotional, physical, spiritual, mental, or financial pain. But even that couldn't always be bad. Like, for instance, you running. I mean, you experience pain from that, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Right. No, it's it's not. But, you know, I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get into something kind of hard. That, that, uh, we, are, we are wading off into very deep waters yeah. here. But I think it's a question everybody wants wants an answer to. And I'll, I'll kind of give a disclaimer. I don't know that we'll give it the answer. No. But we'll, we'll kind of hit around with some of the the concepts behind it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So bad things. Very subjective. What's bad to somebody is not necessarily bad to somebody else. But, I mean, we I think we all could look back at a time in our life and say, that was a bad thing that happened to me. You know? yeah, or, or that we believe that bad things should happen to cer- certain people. I give the the disclaimer that you hear most of the time, if you look at what bad is, you would look at someone who has abused a child. Oh, yeah. And so we all, most of everyone would say that's a bad thing. We can agree on that. Yeah. And I mean, whether what culture you go to, what nation you go to, normally, as far as I know, that would always be considered a bad thing. Or the loss of a loved one to an illness. True. That's a bad thing. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's universal things I think we could all agree on is a bad thing. What about a good person? What is a good person? Well, um, you know, I guess the normal thing what people would say would be you know just you live a a good moral life you help people you do the right thing uh, you know by helping your fellow man um that would be considered a good thing here in the south it's by saying yes ma'am and no ma'am yes ma'am and no ma'am thank you sir and i'll take sweet tea that's it right some biscuits for that because you're not good if you drink unsweet tea yep that's it just kidding don't don't send all the hate mail about sweet tea in And if you got to buy it, buy Milo's. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, as far as the good person thing, I mean, is anybody really good, though? You know, if you think about it, if if we look at the what the Bible says, the answer is a resounding no. Right. There, there is nobody that's good. There's, you got Romans 3.10, there is none righteous, no, not one. Uh, there's tons of other scriptures. Um, Isaiah says... Uh, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Um, it's the Bible is very clear that there is n- nobody that is actually good. So and the then, standard we're comparing ourselves to when we're talking about this is God's standard, rather than standards we set ourselves. Yeah. Okay. But I would I would say for our sake of this conversation, a good person is somebody who's treating others like they want to be treated who's trying to live according to the Bible and and trying to do the right thing. They're not a murderer or a, a child molester or those type things. You know, they're they're given a good effort of trying to live a good moral life. I, for so for our sake of the argument for this this episode, when we say good person that's really what we're talking about. Because that's not, what most people are trying to do. They're trying to live a little bit better. They're trying to do the next right thing. They're trying to 
uh, be productive in society. Um, if you're murdering people, you're really not even caring about right. this conversation. Yeah, okay. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a safe, safe assumption. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some of the answers to the uh, to the question of why do bad things happen? And we're going to just go through a few of them here. I think let's just go ahead and get to the, to the one that you've already touched on in your awesome segue uh, into this uh, practical experience. <laughs> practical man. experience is that of punishment, that bad things happen because it's a consequence to our action and we're, we're getting punished for that. So, you know, one one example that sticks out in my mind since I've lived in New Orleans for four years is Hurricane Katrina. Um, you know, after right, I mean, it was as soon as Hurricane Katrina had moved through there, people were already saying, writing, blogging about, oh, that's God's judgment on on New Orleans. And uh, which I don't believe. Let me just throw that out there. I don't think that was God's judgment on New Orleans, but People were saying, you know, that was a punishment for New Orleans being a quote-unquote sin city, you Mm -hmm. know, because of Bourbon Street. Well, I don't even have to explain this. Everybody knows what, you know, New Orleans is like or was like. It was even worse then. But, um, you know, that was that's one example that kind of sticks out in my mind. You got one? Oh, I can give you some things that's happened in my own. Um, Like, for instance, um, well... We use this. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, he just pointed to his hand yeah. that's no longer there. <laughs> yeah. That got blown off. Uh, and so um, this happened in the military, and you know, I, I blew it off through a train accident, something we've done a lot of times. But the part that I blame God for is, you know, if he loved me like people said he loved me, then why would this happen to me? Why would you take my hand away from me and make it to where I couldn't play with my kids like I want to? And the list of things go on and on with that. And so I considered that God's punishment to me. Um, I don't really know why I thought it was punishment other than I just thought he was punishing me. I mean, there's a zillion things, what was going on in my life and my lifestyle. And it was only later till I saw some things, and I'm not going to get into why I found out that I played a part in that later. And we'll probably tie it back in here a little bit. And another reason, a uh, thing that I saw God punish me through, or I saw it as punishment during those times, was even with a child. Um, I'd had a child outside of marriage with a with a lady, and raised him for three years to find out that he wasn't my child. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. so it was like a dagger in the heart. And and I said again, you know, God, why would you take a child away from me? Why would you leave me to believe this? And all of these things to find out that he that. It wasn't him doing that to me, right? But you know, I'll explain all that here in a little bit. So, we're, so it makes logical sense, you know, that some bad things that are happening to a person is a punishment, you know, for their actions or what or their sin. Mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of makes sense on the surface. Well, because we hear that in the Old Testament too, right? You know, I mean, you, oh, see you did it. bad things, so this is going to happen to you. And I and I definitely think. There could be, you know, there could be some of that that has merit. But as far as the idea of God is, you know, the kid on the anthill with a with a magnifying glass burning the ants. I got you this I got time. You. I got you. I'm just waiting for you to mess up. I want to burn you. I, I don't. I don't think that's true. 
That's just... Uh, but that's I, what I used to think. Right. Those two examples, that's exactly what I thought. In fact, I thought God was keeping check marks there um, and just trying to send me to hell. Yeah. Which was totally insane looking at it now. Yeah. And I think there's there's several other areas where this, this um, answer doesn't necessarily hold up, um, you know, because not always when, like, if you're punishing your child... If you punish a child in a certain way, sometimes it just doesn't even work anyway. You know, um, you have to you have to find what works for that particular child. So you could, you know, you could make an argument that you know that's not necessarily always going to work. Um, and also, if if the pain is so great, it could overtake them anyway, and they could end up committing suicide or you know. And then, and then, what good was the punishment? You know, so um, you want ready to move on to the next one? Yeah, you know, and we may come back to this. I don't know exactly how we're going to feel our way through this, but you know, punishment is not always a bad thing. No, yeah, you know, punishment can actually be an act of love. You, you sure. talk about with your children. There's so many times I've punished my children because I love them that much. Yeah. And so yes, there, without a doubt, there's things I believe I've experienced in my life. Because Christ loves me. Yeah. God know. disciplines those that he loves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I agree with that. That's that's the part that I, I say, you know, I could see that this is a possible answer right. into this um, question of why do bad things happen to good people. Next one is why do bad things happen is, is for the greater good um, or it creates virtue in you. So it, it it makes you a better person. There was a book I read a while back that had the example of um, if you had children and you were extremely poor and you were never going to be able to really provide any kind of decent lifestyle um, for them materially. I don't think I said that word right. Material. Just that fast and say it with confidence. That's what I tell my wife. Material. You were not going to be able to provide a good material existence for them. So you had the chance to let them be adopted by this wealthy, wealthy family that would give them anything and everything they needed. But the wealthy family was not going to teach them things, virtues like, you know, do to others as you have them do to you. Not going to teach them about taking pride in your work, not going to teach them about loving others, respecting your elders and and being humble and all those virtues that, you know, that we find that are valuable in life. Not going to teach them wisdom and understanding and, and all those different things. But they would have anything they wanted material wise. So the question would be, do you keep them and you raise them yourself so you can teach them all those things? Or and and them suffer a very meager existence as far as materially, or do you let them be adopted by the wealthy couple? Dude, you're getting so deep with this because and the truth is this: because what you just asked was this: whose standard are we looking at? What lens are we looking at this through? Um, if you, you know, somebody's perspective from that may say, well. It's more important to be wealthy and have the things you want in life. And someone else would say, well, it's more important that you, you know, teach them godly principles. And so I guess it's who you're talking to at this point of who is 
really setting the standard there. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, I would choose I'm going to raise them myself. Right. You know, obviously. Even though that's going to cause suffering in their life, mm-hmm. they may not have the best health care. They might not have any health care. But instilling those virtues in them, you know, I, I feel like is worth, you know, the the risk of, of not, you know, of raising them and not having all, you know, all this money. Right. And I feel like if they were raised by the wealthy couple, they wouldn't even appreciate it anyway. Right. And um, I, I've always, ever since I read that, I always thought that was a good example of the greater good answer to why the bad things happen. And so the way you would see that as an example in somebody's life is, you know, there's pain and there's suffering that a person experiences to bring out those those virtuous things in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see this in the Bible. You know, we see characters like Job, you know, um, and we see Paul uh, in the New Testament, all the suffering that he endured, you know, it, it produced perseverance. Right. And um, and so I I think this does play. I think this is one you know possible answer. Uh, it sometimes, but again, it, it can also fall apart as as a sole answer, right? Because what if somebody's overwhelmed by the suffering and pain again? I think that's where they all kind of fall apart, right? You know, because if somebody has so much suffering and pain, it can just overwhelm them, and then then there's no virtues being produced at all or there's no good things being produced in their life. True. So. I, I got nothing to do. That, that one's way over me because, yeah. like, I like Do you I see just, what I'm saying? The greater I, I good. I completely understand what you're saying. This is for your good. You know, you, like when your parents used to say, this hurts me more than it hurts you. It. you know? But, like, for me, just looking through my lens at life, for my hand, for instance, there is nothing that I, in that moment, could I have said, well, there's something better going to come out of that. There's just, it, it doesn't compute in no, my world. Oh, now, no. I can give you something later because I, I saw someone on a Facebook post, something that we had posted, and someone else tagged and said, you know, there's nothing that could have come out um, better um, by losing a loved one. There's nothing good that comes out of that. Uh, or, or there could not have been a greater good out of that. And it was not exactly those things. And, and I get some of the, the argument there. But I understand that, and again, I'm not, I'm not going to save everything because all like for those things that's happened to me with my hand and with the child and, and many other things, there are reasons, and I'll explain that when we get to the very end of this. Yeah, because, yeah. but in that moment, and if someone was listening to us right now, it would be difficult had they went through a traumatic thing and go, "Oh, well, it's because it's for a greater good." Oh no, yeah. these, these yeah. are just yeah. the most popular answers right. to this question right. and we'll get to what we think about it at the end right but if somebody just suffered a tragedy you don't go up to them and you say <laughs> it's for the greater good man yeah, right. that's, all, what, that's what i'm saying no, yeah. that yeah. is not the thing to say yeah right, right. um in in those type situations the best thing yeah. is to keep your mouth shut yeah. and just be there for them yeah I, i'm just saying you know if, if someone said you know why did this happen to me <laughs> this is the greater good man the greater right. good. now you can count to six <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know instead of ten no so, yeah. But yeah, so, you know, there's that one. And then the next one is the, um, it's called the, we're going to get real technical on you. 
because no, is, we're not. You're you're going to get technical on me and the rest of us. Yeah, it's called. These are all called. We're all learning um, theological terms at this point. These are all called theodicies. 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 You know, I've got a degree in religion, and I have no idea what you're talking about. So a theodicy is... I have a bachelor's degree in religion, and I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, so a theodicy is an explanation of why evil or suffering exists in the world. So this one is called the natural law theodicy. The next one is the third one. We had punishment. We had greater good. Now we're on natural law. Natural law, I'm glad you asked what it is. I know. So back to Hurricane Katrina... If Hurricane Katrina would have been 100 miles to the west or east of New Orleans and hit an unpopulated region of the coast and, you know, not caused the amount of damage it would have, nobody would have been talking about New Orleans got judged for its sin. Nobody right. would have been talking about it. Mm-hmm. So was the hurricane evil? No. The hurricane was just a hurricane. Right. So natural law theodicy comes in and explains this as, you know, there's there's laws in nature that God has set up, and they're not good or bad. So he's not sitting up there in heaven on his throne and spinning Con- off hurricanes, no. hitting who he wants to right. hit. He's not controlling every single you know aspect of, of everything that's going on. He set the laws up. He's in control he's of He's in those control things. of yes. them, ultimately, of course. Now, yeah. that's a whole other yeah. rabbit hole we can right. go down. I, I, which I, we, I just we, wanted to we, say We will not go yeah. down that rabbit hole. Yeah. And the same could be said of you know fire. You know, from one distance... A fire is nice and warm. It can keep you warm on a cold winter night. But if you get too close to it, it'll burn you. And if even closer, it can kill you. So um, the fire itself is not evil. And so you can explain a lot of natural disasters and, and, and those type things that those are not evil. and Those are just, you know, and, and the reason why those that pain and that suffering is caused from the natural disasters is not to produce any kind of virtue or it's not punishment. It's just because of the na- the way the natural order of the world has been set up by God that those things happen and they're not good or bad. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, these are all like the the uh, theodicies for dummies. I, I know I have a friend from seminary listening to this just going, oh my goodness, he he's murdering head this. Head? Oh. Yes. Okay. So I, I acknowledge what? that. He, you understood your audience, which is me right now. You're you're talking to me, and you had to dumb this way down for me. Yeah, yeah. sure, we'll go with that. Okay. Yeah. The last one, which I think probably to me personally explains the most, is free will. So, God, so so for in order for good to exist in the world. There had to be evil to exist. And the only way, you know, so so if God was going to let us be able to choose to have a loving relationship with him, he had to to know and foresee that we were going to take that free will and abuse it. Mm-hmm. And and we were going to, you know, just like in Genesis, we, you know, where man fell in the garden that we were going to take that freedom and abuse it, and then there was going to be evil um, and and pain and suffering caused in the world in the in the world as a result of that. Mm-hmm. 
And so you can't have the good without the evil. Um, but I mean, I don't think this one even answers everything. And, you know, it's kind of like, have you ever th- had the thought of, you know, without the very, very low lows of life, the the highs and the joys of life wouldn't seem as good. Right. You know, I think, I think the, the suffering can, can do the same thing with free will. Like because of the goodness that we have in, in, in the ability to choose God and, and, and love him of our own free will and not be robots, you know, like that's, that's an incredible gift that he's given us. And, you know, without that, I mean, where would the goodness be? Right. Does that, does that make sense? It, it I, does make a lot of sense because, um, Essentially, we would just be a slave, right? Um, and, and just be a robot. Yeah, and so um, th- there's not a whole lot of there's no love there. There's no grace in that. There's really nothing in that. Um, but I do find myself in the whole idea of free will explaining some of my answers um, to what I was talking about with like with my hand and with uh, the child is that there's consequences for your actions. You know, we talked a little bit about that in the beginning, but. You know, for me, with with my hand, for instance, there was the whole thing that I had gotten drunk and high the day of playing with moms, and I made a bad decision, and I took part in that. With the child, I was having um, sex outside of marriage, which was against God's principles that he had put before me. And so those were consequences of my actions. There wasn't, as you said earlier, about him just trying to um, burn me like an ant or any of those things. It was just... Because he gave me the ability to choose to make choices in my life, they led to consequences. And so I played a part in that. It's not like that I – it shows me that I can't ever be good enough is what it shows me. Yeah. And even the best people that I know, I mean, if I was to go into my church and point out the top five people who look to be the best people in the church, they've got flaws just like me. And I, I see that with a lot of people, and bad things happen to them too. Yeah, you know, even the best. If right. you went to your pastor, you know, bad things happen to him. And so, any of these things that we talk about, it's not going to completely explain anything. No, it's really not. I mean, but I, I think it all depends on your perspective. Like we're, you were talking about earlier, if you have a, a, a secular worldview, a non-Christian worldview. I mean, you're going to think about this question a lot because none of it's going to make any sense. Where if you have, if you're a a grace filled believer in Jesus Christ who has received His mercy and His grace through salvation, and you know the depravity and the ugliness of your sin, your personal sin, and that you don't deserve any grace. And that really, if I got what I deserved, I would be a, a greasy spot from a lightning bolt in the carpet. I don't deserve anything good because of what I've done um, to sin against God. Well, so with that perspective, you know, it, it does. Now, does it make any pain that you're going through right this second any more bearable? No, it doesn't. But in when I look back at my life, the bad things that have happened 
most of them have been a result of my actions and my sin and those consequences like you've talked about. But when I look back and I think about all the mercy and the grace that God has given me, not just through salvation, but just in my life in general, uh, you know, I, the the bad things don't seem as bad, if that makes any kind of sense. Well, without a doubt, you know, for you mentioned a lot right there, and the one thing that I I, I literally got chills as I was fixing to say this when you were talking, but my dependence comes. Fr- on the Lord today. Romans eight twenty eight. it talks about how all things work together for good for those who know the, um, know the Lord. And had you told me that verse when I was laying there with no hand, we would have went round and round if I could have saw you because my eyes were sitting shut. But we, we, I would have cussed you out. Oh, I mean, yeah. There's no doubt about it. But now as I look back at it, you know, God is using, using this um, – Many times for me to go share my testimony to other churches to talk about this loss That's in my it. life and to give him glory. Yeah. And so I see that today, even talking about how the child was. Um, I get to talk about that, and it's brought glory to him. It's brought people to him. And it's not about showing them what I did to make it through. It's about what he did for me. And you go, well, there's no way that you could say, well, I lost my my husband or I lost my mother, and there was something good that came out of that. Well, I would disagree because, like, for me, and it took years to get here. It wasn't like, okay. Oh, sure. But this is some of the things I've learned through this. I lost a twin brother at birth. I lost a sister a little later. So I'm the only child. Both of my, my siblings died at birth. And growing up, the one thing I always wanted was a kid to play with because I was the only child. What is what I've learned now, looking back on it, is I can't put my dependence on people. My yeah. dependence has to go to God because He's the only thing that can sustain me. And so I've learned that from that. And so I don't think that He killed my siblings for me to learn this lesson, right. but I learned this lesson through that. And he never left me through all that. And so when we look at what is good, I don't believe there's any human being that is good. I mean, we throw that word around, but only God is good. And he's the only one that stayed good. Even though I thought he left me, he was standing there waiting on me. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, I just, today, most of the days, I can't say every day, but most of the time, even when I'm faced with those bad things, it's just amazing to know that God still got me through all of that. Yeah. And it, I'll give you another example. And, and this is as fresh as they come. My father-in-law is laying in the hospital right now. He's had four surgeries in about four weeks. They amputated two toes. They went back. They amputated um, a finger. Then they amputated... Um, his leg, and then they went back and amputated his leg above the knee. And I, I've watched so many people walk into his room and and want to pray with him, people from the church, chaplains from the hospital, strangers that had just mm. walked by. And he goes, no, let me pray for you. And to see his wow. faith, man. You can't walk, walk away from this man and not see the faith in him. And... He's the most giving man I've ever experienced in my life, and I mean that with all my heart. Um, he would literally give anything to anybody, and I've seen him do that just numerous times, mm-hmm. and I, I don't understand that kind of giving in my life. 
but yet he is okay in all of that. Mm. And that's as bad as I think bad could be for yeah. a person. Yeah. Um, and he's a, a good man you know, on, on, on the scale of being a good man. But yet his faith is instilling God. And through all of that tragedy he's going through right now, he's he's been okay. Yeah. He's just been okay. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. And backward to what you were talking about, you know, is God allowing this pain to happen? Is he is he causing it directly to happen? Um, you could debate that all day long. Uh, you get into, you know, just semantics at that point. But, you know, in God's kingdom, no pain is wasted. So looking back and, and asking yourself, you know, did God cause that to happen or did he allow that to happen? That's really not the question. The question is, you, you've been you, you have pain. You know, you've suffered um, a tragedy or whatever in your life. And now your choice is, do you let it just be for nothing? Or do you use it for God's kingdom and to advance and give him glory? You know, that that's the question that you should ask yourself and that I should ask myself is not whether how it happened, what happened, and, and trying to figure out why bad things happen. That's not really the question that when something bad happens to me that I want to have, you know, because I feel like I'll be missing the point at that, you know, um, because ultimately, you know, we're not going to know in this life why certain things happen. If you look at Job, you know, he was, you know, pleading with God and God and uh, Job chapter 38, he said, "Who? where were you when I hung the stars in place? Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? So he kind of humbled Job and said, you know, it's not for you to know. You know, I don't I, I don't have to tell you every single thing. I don't have to lay out my plan in, in, for your life in every single way. And, uh, you know, that's not that's not what I want. That's not what we want as humans. We want it all laid out for us and we want to know exactly why we're going through the pain. But, you know, ultimately, we, we may never know. I know I, I want to share this before we we close up is that when I lost my hand, I, I felt like less than a man. I felt like I could never be a good father, and I felt like I was an embarrassment to my children. And I felt like that for years later, as my children have gotten older and older and older, especially as they move on up and you know ten to seventeen, because that's kind of where they were eleven to seventeen. And, and I go, I'm an embarrassment to them, and I've tried to like force myself into into to coach their 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 games so I could be a part of. And there's always the conversation of what happened to your dad's hand and all of those things. And the other day, my son and I we were driving home from church, and he just out of the blue said, "Dad." why don't you become a motivational speaker? And I'm like, well, <laughs> why? And he said, because you've got an amazing story, and I think that you've got something you should share with people. That's not what did it for me. Um, I mean, those were great words, kind words. Any dad would want to hear that from right. their kid. But what I heard from him was that he was proud of me. Mm. And, um, you know, it showed me that even though I see it as bad, it's all about what I'm seeing it through. It's my perspective on things. And, you know, maybe it's not as bad as I think it really is. And other people don't see it the way I see it. And so I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't think that God made me lose my hands for my son to say that to me. 
But um, I can see that God is still using these things in my life. What I thought was just the horriblest things that could happen, he's still using those for good things. And only God can do that. Only God can only God. can take the things that were bad and the pain and transform them into, you know, uh, your what is the saying? Your greatest pain is your greatest asset now or something there's a catchy there's a catchy saying that goes along with that but uh you know he's the only one that has the power that can take something that can make your mess and turn it to a message that's one yeah Yeah, you can take your test and turn it to a testimony ah yeah i'm good with these more no that's it okay (laughs) (laughs) but yeah he's the only one that can do that because uh you know i tried to turn it around on my own uh and i couldn't do it i didn't have the power well, I know this one thing that I would tell anybody who's going through something that's bad that's happening in their life, and maybe you're asking yourself why. I completely agree, agree with Jason when he says, quit trying to ask why, because why is not going to figure it out. Maybe you're like I was in that situation, and you were very resentful maybe towards God, maybe towards someone else, because for me it was the military and and my ex-wife. Or maybe it's against yourself because you see that you did play some parts in mm. it. Because not ever, not everything that we talk about bad things, you played a part. No. Maybe you was molested. Yeah, right. Maybe you was hurt yeah. by someone. I mean, you didn't play a part in that. And so I'm not saying that everything that bad happens to you is because of something you did. But maybe you're one of those people where you blame God, you blame others, or you blame yourself. If you want to come overcome that, you got to learn how to forgive whatever that is yeah. maybe it's yourself maybe it's god and maybe it's someone who did something to you but if you if you want to move forward quit asking why and figure out a way to forgive that person and for me it, it started with just praying for them yeah and you go how do you pray for them you just pray for them you know yeah. you pray that they have what you want in life and that's that's what i would leave people to know that it's not about it's not about how we get that because if you if we judge it off people's standards of, of what's good is none of us are good right we're just none none of no. us so I don't know man it's a deep topic deep yeah. topic I yeah. mean we could go for forever and yeah. just probably be right where we are now <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I think a, it's different for everybody. But oh, yeah. you know, I would still love to hear from our listeners yes. if they had something going on. To I mean, surely you. You know, there's things that you don't want to throw out on maybe Facebook, but you can always email us at soberholicpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Email us. Yeah, do that. And I, maybe there's something we can maybe answer. I, I'm not telling you, you email us and we're going to just send you the uh, three point bullet of how you can overcome this, but maybe it's something you'd like to share and get off your your chest. Yeah. You know, maybe we can direct you in a, in a direction that can yeah. maybe help. And we need need a few more questions for the coffee and conversations. Yeah, for, next one. Yeah, I'm looking forward. We to got that a couple again. going, yeah. but we need a need a few more. So emails. Yeah, soberholicpodcast at gmail dot com. Good deal, man. Well, that brings us to another one. Yeah, yeah. So. Number. I don't even know. It's about thirty something, isn't it? Thirty something. Yeah. Wait. I don't know. It's going to be right there, close to close. It. Yeah. Wow. There we go. Well, everybody, thank you for listening, and we will see you soon. I'm Roger. I'm Jason. We're signing out. Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out SoberholicPodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.